We really value the word, and I, I realize that, you know, time has slipped away, but we're going to continue and hear uh, Pastor Dave McTaggart. Now, Tamana is his wife. Tamana and Dave are dear friends of ours, have been friends for, I think it's 39 years that we first met them, um, 39 years ago, and uh, we've been good friends ever since. There, there aren't, there aren't people in my life like David McTaggart. Um, he's loved me, and I think he still does. He's loved me well as a brother, and as a mentor, as an example to me, as a colleague. Uh, he's taught me a lot, and um, he's loved me well. Tamana and Dave have been very, very precious to my wife and I, and to this church. Um, if you know the, the history, they were part of this church. They sent, they were sent out to plant an awesome church called Southgate Church in Langley. Um, 28 years ago, 25 years ago, feels like 28 sometimes, but it's 25. They're awesome, awesome pastors, and uh, I'd like you to receive them. And Tamana's going to start, and then Dave's going to come on up. Okay, Tamana, would you please? Thank you. I always get really emotional when I come here. Uh, this was my church since I was 15. And I know I look very young, but that was almost 27 years ago. And uh, yeah, and it's still longer that I was at this church than we have pastored Southgate. My husband was saved in this church. And uh, so we know a lot of history. And. Uh, Beautiful words that were said, so beautiful over you, Mike and Ev. You accepted your assignment so well and clearly for these 10 years and did it, did it so well. And we know Matt and Tanya, too, because Tanya, you were with us when we started Southgate. And before, you were here for a few years as well. You were a young girl, and then Matt, you came shortly after, and the rest is history. Um, but you know that word that the Lord gave earlier from me, is such a key word, and I think it's the word that is so easily forgotten, is that we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, like, this is great, and it encourages us, and it builds us up, and it's good to remember. It, those, are, those are stones, memorial stones to remember, because life changes. Churches, uh, any pastor, you go through really good times and really difficult times. It's just life. It is just life. And in those times, and I felt this word, and it is such a popular commission, that first chapter of Joshua, to be strong and very courageous. And he says it so many times. I think Joshua was actually afraid. And we also forget he served under Moses probably his whole life. And he's like, I don't know if I can be like him. There was a humility. Uh, I think there was a fear because God kept saying, be strong and very courageous. You will possess the land. And, I'm, and even that word in one of the prophecies about being courageous, I feel that is for you by faith. It's not in your own strength. And those are the beautiful times where you're like, it's not in me, but God in me is mighty. And I don't feel like I can do it. God's like, of course you can't, but I can in you. Every time I say I'm not worthy, 
Dave goes, you're not. <laughs> because we really aren't. But it's so imperative, church, that you keep your eyes on the Lord. And to walk by faith means even trusting. Trust Matt and Tanya. There's also in, I think it's later in verse 16 of that chapter, uh, the response of the people is, we are with you. And we are going to obey you and we're going to follow you. And if people don't, we're going to kill them. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> but you can turn my mic way down. I'm holding back so much with my volume. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would commission you to trust them. Even when you, someone said, like, it's so, so beautiful to walk by faith and not by sight. And even to know that God puts leaders in place and he's putting them in this place. And I would, there's so much power in that. There's so much power in trusting the Lord. And just as the Lord was saying to you, you walk by faith, you're giving him all the power, way more power. Like I know we want to do wonderful things and we want to think these amazing things. But unless the power of God is working through us, it's just so, it's so amazing. And church, stand with them. Stand with them. I, I believe just some close people that will, um, they'll die for you. Um, you know what I'm saying? You know, they don't have to worry that you're going to be a god or anything. You're just the pastors of the church, and it's God's house, and we all know that. But stand with them and walk by faith. Well, it is an honor to be with you guys. And uh, when, when Pastor Mike asked me, the first thing that went through my mind, there's so many other people that you could have come and, and minister and speak this morning, but it is an honor. Uh, Matt and Tanya, oh, by the way, this message, it's, it's not about Matt and Tanya this morning. This is about Jesus and his church. I might make reference to Matt and Tanya because God's called them to the, this position, but I trust this morning that you will hear my heart and hear this message. And um, I just want to say to you guys, this is, this is a huge day, but I would also say it's a weighty day. And I, I don't want you to be offended, but most of you here have no idea what it's like to be a lead pastor and carry a church and minister to the needs and the diversities and the differences, the ups and the downs, and yet God still calls us to be faithful. And I know that you guys will be that, and I, I thought of uh, when Jesus says, just walk with me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So my exhortation to you is keep company with Jesus always. Transition is inevitable. But transition brings change and change is not always easy. Some people, well I'll give you an example. When we started Southgate Church and we shared with our kids about leaving White Rock Church where they were super established and in the school and involved in different aspects and we shared with them that this is what we feel the calling of God is. And our oldest son, his response was, when do we start? 
And so some of you in the midst of transition today is like, when are we going to start? And then some, our daughter, Malin, had questions. She was worried about certain things, and she says, what about my friends, and what about this, and what about that? And uh, I think she was 15 then. And so lots of you in transition will have questions. And then our youngest son says, well, he was 12. Whatever you do, I got to do. <laughs> and I know there's some of you here that, today that will just say, hey, whatever you've decided, we'll go with you. And it's okay to be in all of those places. Uh, but transition is inevitable. We see it with Moses and Joshua. has always already been mentioned. And where Moses passed his mantle onto him. You know, I, I was given a certain amount of time, but there's no clock, so that's good. And if the clock's behind me, <laughs> but But Moses and Joshua, there was a transference of, of anointing over Joshua. And Joshua was the one that took, took the Israelites into the next season and into the next journey, into their promise. I know, I've been in this church. I was in this church. I got saved in this church. There have been prophetic words over this church for a future, and you can be that Joshua where you take them into the future and in to see the, the outcome and the blessing of those prophetic words. We don't know the timing of God, but we do know the Word of God. And then we see transition between Elijah and Elisha, and there was a, a double portion, a double mantle, and I just believe that over you, Matt and Tanya, that there's going to be this double portion as you lead the church into the future. And then we see David and Solomon. David was one of the greatest kings ever, but Solomon was the wisest king. And I just pray wisdom over you guys. And Jesus transitioned. Because when Jesus ascended to heaven, he empowered his disciples with his Holy Spirit. So he transitioned for the sake of the church, for the growth of the church and the future of the church, so that he could be in all of us. And there is that sense, the anointing, you guys, of the Holy Spirit over your lives, over your ministry, and over where you will lead Life Church. I'm, I'm excited for you guys. And I, we've known them for a long time. We've walked through quite a few things with them. But uh, this morning, my message is entitled, A Vessel of Honor. And as soon as Pastor Mike asked me, this verse came to mind, and so I decided I wouldn't vary from that. <clears throat> Actually, two things came to mind. But Second Timothy, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. And uh, it maybe sounds harsh, but you need to recognize that this is a metaphor. It's an expression to show us something. And when every great house, come on, this is a great house right here. I want to read it to you in the message. I, I love this translation. It says, in a well-furnished kitchen... There are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans, compost buckets, some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Now listen, this is where I'm, this is the church. 
become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessings. Run away from infantile indulgence. Run after mature righteousness, faith, love, peace, joining those who are in honest and serious prayer before you. Refuse to get involved in inane discussions. They always end up in fights. And I, Just a simple thing. In every great house, there are various utensils. Different things that people use for different uses. And, and here's the issue I always have seen in churches. Some people say, well, I want to be this vessel, or I want, well, this one. Oh, this one is shiny, and this one looks good. This has a purpose, just checking, for pouring water. That's its purpose. It's beautiful. It looks good. It was prepared and made and sold to pour water. This one's not as nice looking. Same thing, same purpose. Just looks different. Of course, this is beautiful. This vessel. And everybody gets to use it because you can drink from it. But then we have these other vessels that aren't so great. Compost. Nobody wants to be a compost vessel. But it seems to me in that scripture, God prepared every vessel for a specific use and a specific purpose. And I would just say to you, whatever that is, and I'll get to it a little bit more, don't deny what God has called and asked you to do. I mean, if we want to keep going down, this is a garbage can. But listen, where would we be without garbage cans. We would be in a pile of refuse and junk and garbage. Somebody has to do this. One of my jobs when I went to university was I was the garbage man. And I would have to go into the dormitories on the weekend and they had six stories and they dropped their garbage down six floors. And I had to scoop it out and put it in bags and carry it out to the garbage bins. And as I'm scooping it out, I can hear garbage coming down. And I'm not sure whether I should be ducking specifically about certain occasions on Halloween, rotten pumpkins coming down the pool. And they would come down and they would splat. I had this nice vest, but it didn't really help much. My point in all of this, you guys, is that there is a purpose for every vessel in the church. Matt and Tanya are examples of vessels which have become ready and prepared for every good work. By the grace of God, they are stepping into the good works which were prepared for them beforehand. But I'd like to just say this to you as a church. I just have five simple thoughts here. For you as a church, as you consider this being a vessel of honor or as in the message when he says this, that become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessings. God is going to bring people into this church. 
God's going to bring growth into this church. You're going to see new people get saved. You're going you're gonna to see growth come to this church. The word of the Lord is that you would become whatever kind of vessel God has called you to be to minister and serve to the guests that come into this house. So here's number one. We're all created for good works. We are all created for the master's use. I know that this is a significant day for Matt and Tanya, but unless the rest of the church understands this message, that you are all created for the master's use. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. You, 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 you're all God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Every one of you is God's masterpiece. Every one of you can be a vessel of honor as you serve and use your gifts to see the church grow. You're all created for good works. The second one is we are all unique in our purpose and gifting. Yeah, I mean, you know the story when Paul writes in Corinthians that all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. And he goes through the body parts and says this part and that part. And never to say that we don't need this part and we don't need that part. And that part is useless. And this is the most important because they're the head. That's not true. Paul says you are all part. Each unique. Each have a gift. Each have a place to serve in this church. And uh, I don't want pastors Mike and Ev to be uh, offended by this. But it was actually an encouragement to me. This is in Psalm 71, 17. And I, I, I noticed there's a few gray hairs here this morning. I'm one of them, so I'm going to be 68 this fall. So, <laughs> Oh, God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I'm old and gray, do not abandon me, oh, God. Come on, listen to me. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who have come after me. I know sometimes there's a sense as you get older that you feel like you're that vessel that's been put up on the shelf and you've been discarded because, well, they don't need me anymore. I, I just want to say to you seniors and older people like me, that there is a great place for you in this house and that you are not abandoned and God is not putting you on the shelf. And Matt and Tanya need you to be serving and stepping up and preaching the gospel and reminding of the miracles and the wonders that God has done through the history of the church and through the journey here. That's your job. That's your role. That you are not to sit back. I know it's easy. Oh, you know, I'm just tired and I'm tired too. We all get tired, but there is always this place and this purpose for every one of you that you don't feel old and abandoned. But let me proclaim your power. Come on. How many seniors in this place have experienced the power of God? 
many hands. Come on. Your role is that you would proclaim the power of God and the miracles of God to the next generation. Don't feel that that's not important. The third thing is, we must guard as vessels what gets poured into us. Paul writes this, Run as fast as you can from all the ambitions and lusts of youth and chase after all that is pure. And he uses this in verse 21. He says that you are set apart, sanctified, be holy for the purposes of God. And that has huge implications. When we think of the Old Testament scriptures, I noticed that you had some anointing oil here. And and the idea of anointing oil is things throughout the history of the Israelites, as they built the tabernacle, as they built a place for God's presence, they would anoint everything so that it was set apart for the purposes of God. Not to be this wild and crazy thing off on the side, but set apart for the purposes of God. That all of you can be set apart and sanctified for the purposes of God. All of you, uh, you, you go through the Old Testament, and they would sprinkle blood to sanctify different elements and different things in their lives. All of you have been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus Christ. To be the vessel that God wants you to be, he wants to set you apart for every good work. Proverbs says this, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are spring the issues of life. And, and he says this, Paul writes in verse 21, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, from being a vessel of dishonor, for pursuing lustful things and unrighteous things and, and evil things, he says this, if anyone cleanses himself, come on now, who's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus here this morning? Come on. You have all been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then he says, if anyone cleanses himself, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master. Come on, I hope you're encouraged this morning. You're thinking, well, I don't know, Matt and Tanya now, they're young and they're going to take the church here and who knows what they'll do and what about this change and what about that change? Listen, it was prophesied over you that you're meant to be here this morning. You're meant to be here to serve with them. Sure, maybe you have questions, but I have no question that God has appointed Matt and Tanya for a time such as this. You guys are blessed. They are a treasure. They were with us in Southgate for over 20 years, and we watched them walk through different things. And uh, for us, I'm telling you, it was a difficult thing for our church to release them to come here because they were kind of a part of our future plan. But we responded to the fact that they felt the call of God over their life. And nothing can take away that call of God. I think that was also prophesied today. But I'll tell you, when you have doubts and you have questions, it's the call of God that keeps you firm. You know, when we first started our church, every morning I would be out praying and on Sunday mornings, I'd get to a point every Sunday morning and says, Lord, why am I doing this? And I'd look at our, think of our congregation. So-and-so could preach way better than me, and so-and-so's way better leader. than." And I, I would go through all of that, and every Sunday for years, the Lord answered me the same way. 
Because I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling it. He says, because I called you. I have rested on that when things have been difficult, when things have been great. I just continue to be faithful because God called me. Be faithful because God has called you for this time. That was only three, four. Pursue whatever builds up your faith and deepens your love. See, he said, don't run after these things. Don't run after lustful things. Don't go after inane arguments. Don't, don't run after that. Whatever you do, and church, I would say this to all of you, pursue whatever builds up your faith and deepens your love. And we know that that's Jesus. I know this is probably one of Matt's favorite verses because he would quote it a lot. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I know that that's their heart. They, Matt and Tanya, are a couple that seek the Lord. You can't ask for anything more in this church. Seeking the Lord, hearing from the Lord. We are a people of God's presence. Go back into Exodus 33 and... Literally, the scripture says that the, uh, the children of Israel were a people of God's presence. They were marked, made distinctive by the presence of God. May that be so in this house as Matt and Tanya continue to cultivate this atmosphere where you experience the presence of God. And the other one is kind of my life verse, Mark 12, 30, 31. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your heart. And love your neighbor as yourself. Pursue faith and love as a church. And then the last one is uh, just imitate godly leaders. You know, God has put great leaders in your life, even across the nation, in the city. And I would just encourage you to follow after them. Paul writes this. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. We're not perfect, but certainly Pastors Mike and Eb can be that example. You have other examples of other pastors in your life that, that you would make a point of meeting with them. Ever since I, uh, we left the church, I always sought out men that I could sit with and ask questions with the problem when you get to be my age, they've all died. <laughs> so it's just you and me, Mike. <laughs> you and me, Lauren. <laughs> but it, it is so important that you do that. He, he says this in Corinthians, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul had that courage to say that. And I would encourage you guys, seek out those that you can meet with, that you can have counsel with, that can pray with you, you, will, you, won't, you don't maybe realize it now, but you will need that more than ever. People of, of, you know, walking in the same place of life or having the same experience, that you can just honestly talk about things, you will need that so much. Imitate godly leaders. As vessels set apart for the master's use, and as you follow Jesus, we all experience brokenness at times. 
And uh, I love this quote by Henry Nguyen. He says, our life is full of brokenness, broken relationships, broken promises, broken expectations. How can we live that brokenness without becoming bitter and resentful except by returning again and again to God's faithful presence in our lives? Jesus was broken on the cross. He lived his suffering and death not as an evil to avoid at all cost, but as a mission to embrace. We too are broken. We live with broken bodies, broken hearts, broken minds, broken spirits. We suffer broken relationships. But Paul has an answer for that. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the light of Christ, the presence of God, that the excellence of the power of God may, sorry, the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, not despaired, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down and not destroyed, always caring about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus Christ would be manifested in your body. We are all, in a sense, broken vessels, but redeemed by the Lord and repaired by the Lord for his purpose and for his good use. And just as we finish, I have a little presentation I'd like to give to Matt and Tanya. And this is, this is what is a Japanese art of pottery. And it's called kintsugi. And kintsugi, you can put it right there. Kintsugi is it, the two words. Kin means gold, and sugi in Japanese means joining. And it's true that we are these broken vessels, but we are joined together. This is has the joining of, of gold dust and other things to bring it back together. And I actually had this one made for you guys. So I picked out the pottery, and uh, they asked me, how do you want it done and everything? So they, you can't put food in this, just so you know. There's a hole in it somewhere. But this is what I love, and this is in the Japanese tradition. It treats breakage and repair as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise. And I, I, I know that just a simple picture for you guys, that this is your life in a sense. You've walked journeys. You've been broken. I know that you've gone through seasons of brokenness, and yet you have remained faithful to the Lord, and you have stood firm in your calling of God, and look what the Lord has done. So if you want to come and get this, and I'm just going to pray for them if that's all right. You want to come with me, honey? So just be careful. You don't want to break it. I might have to send it back and get more gold in it. <laughs> Lord Jesus, this morning has been prayed and prophesied. We pray the blessing of the Holy Spirit over Matt and Tanya. We thank you for this faithful couple who have walked a journey always believing in you and trusting in you. And God, that they step into this role as vessels of honor, filled with your Holy Spirit, set apart by the blood of Jesus Christ for every good work. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. Bless you guys.